Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Take Heart. I'm Pastor Jeffrey, and today I, I want to regain our focus on what is important. Uh, there's a lot that is happening in our world, and there usually is, but right now there's a lot that's happening in our world, and I think we're losing our focus. And so today we're going to be focusing on Jesus. And we have to remember that it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and it's not about man. Now with man, we know comes sin, and sin is at the root of all man's problems. And Jesus is the only answer to sin, meaning Jesus is the only answer to all of man's problems. It's only through Jesus that man will change the way that he sees, thinks, and feels. And change starts with you, and it starts from within. But change only starts with a new heart, and a new heart that only God can give. And we see that in Ezekiel. A movement, a law, an organization, a government, and anything else without Jesus can only do so much. It will only scratch the surface. And without Jesus, there is no hope. And that's true for every individual, and man, and anyone in the world. No true change for the better. Man cannot heal and save man's own depravity and sickness. Only the creator and king of man can. That's Jesus. Our world right now is so focused on treating the symptoms of sin rather than focusing on sin itself. We don't need less of this and less of that in this world. We need more of Jesus. And it starts with Jesus and it trickles down into everything else. The greatest commandment in the Bible, as most of us know, is to love God with all our heart, mind, and soul. But the crazy thing about that is that we can't even do that without God first loving us. It starts with Him. It's about Him. The whole world is fighting for to love thy neighbor, right? And we know that's the second greatest commandment that Jesus said in the Bible. But ironically, you cannot love your neighbor without first loving God, and you can't have two without one. You can't have the second greatest commandment without the first. And you cannot love your neighbor if you don't love God first. And we can't love God first if we don't initiate, if he didn't initiate it and draw us to him. 1 John 4.19 reminds us that we love him because he first loved us. Listen, when things arise in the world, in your life, at work, at home, whatever it is, wherever you are, be careful where your emotions take you. Don't ever follow the crowd for the sake of following the crowd. Don't ever follow the crowd for the sake of missing out. Don't ever follow the crowd because of pressure. And don't ever follow the crowd because you're scared of how people will view you if you don't follow them. In the early 1500s, there was an artist who painstakingly painted the entire ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took four hard and uncomfortable years to finish the work. And it was done with pristine, beautiful, and complex strokes. The entirety of the ceiling from corner to corner was finally completed. Michelangelo was an artist, and Michelangelo was questioned as to why he worked so hard on the corners of the painting where it's dark and no one will ever see. And his response was, God will see. A simple and profound statement that reminds us that whatever we do, we should do well. And not because man may or may not see it, but because God will see. Are you doing what you're doing to be loved and seen by people? 
Are you following the crowd because you want to be loved and seen by people? Or are you doing what you're doing because you are loved and seen by God? Don't ever follow the crowd, period. Even people with good intentions can be wrong, misled, blind, and self-centered. We have not been called as Christians to follow man. We have been called by Jesus himself to follow him. He said it simply, follow me. It's one of the most simple, thought-provoking, and demanding challenges Jesus asks of us. And whoever, in Luke chapter 14, 33, says, Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. One of the things about following Jesus is that we do forsake all. That we do give up all. And why is that? Because Jesus himself first gave all. So we need to leave all. And if we don't leave all, we can't be his disciples. We follow Jesus and Jesus only because it's all about Jesus. Listen, when we read the Bible, when we have our Bible studies, when you listen to preachers, understand this, that the Bible is not about you. It's about Jesus. Ever since the beginning, it's been about Jesus. In every book, in every chapter, in every verse, it's all pointing to Jesus, not you. The Bible is for you, yes, but it's not about you. The Bible, or if it would be better be called the Word of God, is God's Word. It is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's always been about Jesus and for Jesus. And it will continue to always be about Jesus and for Jesus. And too often, especially now, we're forgetting that it's all about Jesus. We, as humans, and even Christians, we are the most selfish creatures on the face of the planet. As Christians, we need to understand that we're to take up our cross. We are to follow Him. And as Americans and American Christians, we become too lazy, self-centered. We're comfortable. We become stagnant Christians. Our lives don't revolve around Jesus. Rather, we have Jesus revolve around our lives. And even then, when it's convenient. We place so much ahead of Him. First, we start with our own selves, our own motives, our own desires, and even our own dreams. We place our family, our work, our friends above Him. And we care too much for this life. He tells us, look, we need to look for His coming. We need to be excited for His coming. But some of us aren't excited because this life is too good for us. Listen, right now, everyone and their mother is sharing their opinion. If you have social media, if you watch the news, if you're not living under a rock, you know this. But listen, nobody cares about your opinion. And you should not care about others' opinion. We, as Christians, right now, it's pivotal that we share what is truth. Don't share what's on your mind. Don't even share what's on your heart. Share what's in the Word because that is the only truth that is out there, God's Word. The Word of God takes precedence over everything in our life as Christians, even our own hearts and desires, because we know that the heart is wicked and is deceitful, and no one can know it, that we as humans are, are evil people. It's the truth, speaking of God's Word, is the truth, and it has the power unto salvation. Your opinion doesn't. It's more important than what any... Uh, man has ever preached, any singer has ever sang, and any author has ever written. Be careful to never replace the Word of God itself or man's own written work. 
Man's word has no power to tr transform and save a person's life. Only the word of God has the power to do so. The word of God should guide our very way of life. It should guide our thinking, our actions, our decisions, our desires, and our direction. We, as Christians, should always submit to the power and the authority of the word of God. The word of God needs to be held above all, know it, love it, trust it, and obey it. Psalm chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And nowadays, too many church leaders and pastors are becoming hype men, people pleasers. Too many pastors, and I don't even know if I want to call them pastors, let's call them preachers, are preaching the Word of God without the Word of God. Too many preachers speak words under the skies of the Word of God. And too many preachers make it about themselves. Too many preachers are speaking to your and I feelings. We, as Christians, are not to walk by feelings. Rather, we are to walk by faith. Don't ever trust your feelings. We are reminded of that fact in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, when it says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And think about how crazy that sounds. We are not to walk by sight. Why is that? Well, what we see translates into what we feel. And what we feel translates into what we say and do. And this equation leads to failure because ultimately walking by sight leads us to trusting in ourselves rather than trusting in God. Ironically, walking by sight makes you blind. Your feelings are very real, but that does not make them right. That does not make them truth. The only truth, again, is the word of God. And James tells us why our feelings are so bad and why we shouldn't trust them. He says in, in chapter 1, verse 14 through 15, But each one of you is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. We are drawn away by our own desires, and it's our desires that give birth to sin. Desire is a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. Feelings guide us astray because they're conceived by the flesh. And Satan can easily manipulate and tug on our feelings. Feelings have their foundation built upon the sand, always shifting, ever-changing, never stable. With each passing wave in our life, our feelings change and instability washes over us, leaving high and dry, only to come back again and again and again. And the Word of God reminds us over and over, trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5-6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Too many preachers are preaching towards your feelings. Too many people are tugging on your feelings. They want you to listen to your heart, to be led by what you feel. And the sad part of it all is that we listen. We follow these preachers. We listen to them. We adore them. 
Within the Christian church, there are very few Bereans nowadays. And I would encourage you to be a Berean. And if you don't know what I'm talking about or what that means to be a, Bere be a Berean, go read in Acts chapter 17. Stop listening to the world and stop listening to people. Stop listening to voices. Stop listening to opinions. Stop sharing your opinions and stop trying to be the voice of reason for every single situation to every single person. If you're not pointing people to Jesus and his word, then you've already failed. All these things are leading to fear, anxiety, bitterness, jealousy, wrath. We see it within the church. We're seeing it within the world. Again, I want to encourage you. It's all about Jesus. Listen to him. Listen to truth. He's the only answer for the time that we are living in. And it doesn't even matter what time that is. If you don't believe that Jesus is the only answer, then unfortunately, you have never met him. You have never experienced the grace and power he has to transform a person's life, heart, and mind. And unfortunately, now we see how many people in this world who have not met Jesus, even the ones that proclaim it, who have not repented of their own wickedness and sin, who have not accepted his grace, who have not been transformed and given a new heart, who are not displaying the fruits of the Spirit. Listen, you want to change the world? Follow Jesus and do what he says. It's all about Jesus. It's not Jesus plus this or that. It's Jesus. That's it. And if you think Jesus isn't enough, repent, submit, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Then you'll see that Jesus is enough. I love you guys, and I'll see you next time.